It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 27th, 2021. My name is Phil Prosser, I'm the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr__ONT. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll begin a review of the first quarter of the season. We'll briefly recap where the Magic are. And, and what they have to look forward to as they get set for the second quarter of the season and why defending the Amway Center is going to be vital to their playoff hopes, especially in the second quarter of the season. We'll talk about all that coming up. Let's preview the Magic's game against Sacramento Kings coming up here in just a moment. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here, covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail. There's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Sacramento Kings playing their first game since Friday because of some COVID-19 cancellations? Check out Locked On Kings. Get caught up every day with Locked On Today. Plus... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting set for Super Bowl 55. Check out Locked On Bucks. Whether it's the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. It really feels like the Orlando Magic have had two seasons this year. Um, and really that they've had two teams this year. There was a team they had before Markel Fultz got hurt, a 6-2 team that was, yeah, maybe overperforming its statistics, but still a very good team and still and finding its way and playing exceptionally well. And the team after Markel Fultz's injury, a team that had to reconfigure itself on the fly, a team that never really found its footing and struggled in some significant and basic ways, a team that still isn't quite out the other side yet. The Magic started this season 6-2. They have, of course, gone 2-8 and eight since. And they've had some moments where they've looked better, but hardly anything to be confident about or to, to say, like, this team is for sure going to accomplish its goals. To be sure, what we saw in the first quarter of the season was a team that had supreme confidence at the start and then had to kind of reset itself in the middle. It's hard to to judge this team fully on what we've seen. It's hard to say whether what we've seen the last 10 games is truly who the Magic are, or if they can get back to the level they were at before the injury. They may not be able to get back to that level, but they certainly can get back to a more competitive level, and certainly the team expects themselves to do so. The statistical profile for the Orlando Magic does not look good at this point. Orlando, I believe, is 27th in the league in net rating, which is usually a better determinant of where a team should actually be in the standings. And the Magic 
shouldn't be eight and ten. They shouldn't be tied for eighth, or they shouldn't be eighth in the Eastern Conference after the Knicks loss on on Tuesday. They shouldn't be where they are. The Magic wanted to get off to a hot start. They wanted continuity to carry them through and give them this chance, and they've gotten it. Or they they had it. Every bet that the Magic had made that in a pandemic season, being knowing who where you're supposed to be before training camp started would give you a leg up, proved to be true. Markel Fultz took a sizable leap, but even though, and Nikola Vucevic took a sizable leap too, but even though Aaron Gordon was struggling, even though Evan Fournier was kind of up and down, the Magic were playing at an extremely high level. They earned that 6-2 and two start. They earned the cushion that certainly helped the fall that came. There is no way for any front office or for any team to plan for the devastating injury that they faced. Marco Fultz going down with a torn ACL, just like Jonathan Isaac's torn ACL, is going to do unknowable damage to this franchise and its future prospects. It's not that neither player won't be able to get back at full health, but the biggest gamble the Magic took in the offseason was re-upping Jonathan Isaac knowing that he would miss the entire season and assigning Markel Fultz to a three-year extension. Now Fultz is essentially going to have to sit out at least half of one of those three seasons, if not all of one of those three seasons. And he's going to spend at least half of that contract extension getting back to the level that he was at before the injury took place. It usually takes a full year um, to really feel like you're back from an injury like that. And the only problem with ACL injuries, again, I've said this numerous times, the issue with ACL injuries is not that you can't come back from them. It's that it takes time to come back from them. It's just the time cost more than anything else. But the Magic didn't have time to mourn. They didn't have time to, to wallow. They didn't have time to really think. They had to go on the road to start the most, the most difficult part of the first half of their schedule. And they had to find a way to play again on the fly. And to say the least, the results have been terrible. With Evan Fournier out of the lineup with back spasms, Orlando's offensive rating for that eight-game that, uh, eight stretch, essentially, that, that Fournier was out, dipped below a point per possession. The Magic are essentially one of the worst offensive teams in the league. They got blown out in, losses to, in a loss to Houston. They got blown out in a loss to Boston. Uh, they, got blown, they, they, they struggled to compete and stay in games and give themselves chances to win. For those of us who do think this Magic team is a playoff team, it was bitterly disappointing because it was basic things they weren't doing. But a lot of it was simply because this was a team that was back to square ro- square one. This was a team that was essentially going through training camp in games that counted. And yes, those games you can't get back, they're going to cost this team. It might cost them the playoffs, to be perfectly honest. But the Magic had to figure things out. And they didn't have a lot of time to work on them or get things done. Fortunately, when Evan Fournier returned against Minnesota Timberwolves a week ago, things started to look a little bit better. In the four games since Evan Fournier has returned, uh, 
even though the Magic have gone 1-3 in those games. The Magic's offensive rating has shot up to 115 points per 100 possessions. The Magic are actually have a positive net rating, if, I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm correct, um, in those games. The Magic gave themselves... A, they obviously beat the, the Timberwolves on a buzzer beater by Cole Anthony, saving them from a potentially eight-game losing streak. They had the game won before going to overtime against the Indiana Pacers. They had the game won before blowing a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter against the Charlotte Hornets, and then they blew out the Charlotte Hornets. So things appear to be trending back in a better direction. The team appears to have found its footing at long last and appears to be a more coherent team that understands what it has to do to win. Of course, the stats suggest otherwise and the bigger picture and this team hasn't been consistent. This team hasn't gotten the things done that it needs to get done. There are some alarm bells ringing. Don't get me wrong. I know I tend to be an optimist. Um, I want to hold this team to a playoff standard. I expect this team to make the playoffs even with the injury. At this stage of the season, there is no reason to think otherwise, and there's no reason not to not to hold that team to, to that belief and that standard. As I tell the tanking crowd, and I want to acknowledge you, bad teams don't need help being bad. They will be bad. And even at this team's worst, they're probably not as bad as the Detroit Pistons. No offense to Detroit. Frankly, they're probably not as bad as the Washington Wizards are playing right now either. It would take something catastrophic for the Magic to be that poor. It's not to say that that is not possible. That's not to say that this Magic team can't still have the bottom drop out on them. This Magic team still has a lot of work to do. This Magic team still, still has to get itself right and do the things that made this Magic team successful both in 2019 and in 2020. For whatever small measure of success those were. This Magic team is not the strong defensive team it should be. They rank 18th in the league in defensive rating. And that, that was as much the case now as it was back when the Magic were playing well. The Magic's defense was not effective enough. They were blowing assignments, giving up open threes, um, struggling with rotations that just weren't fine-tuned at all. And it's a problem because the Magic don't have practices to get those things fine-tuned, to get those things working at the optimal level. It's really only in the last week, perhaps, since the Knicks game on Monday that the Magic's defense started to look and resemble the kind of team they know they are. We've heard several Magic players throughout the course of the first quarter of the season say, we're not playing Orlando Magic basketball. And I think that's completely true. And that's really concerning. Because the regular season, as I often say, is about consistency. It's about what you can do every single night. Because you're shooting, you know, who you are or or, or certain elements of your team are going to go up and down. Right now, the Magic are shooting incredible. But we know that that could change very, very quickly. We've seen some disastrous quarters where the Magic shooting affected their defense and, and made it impossible for them to compete in games. That's how bad the Magic shooting has been at times this season. We've seen it. That team is still in there, and that threat 
is still there, that the Magic could very well have a just horrendous quarter that can cost them a game. Just seven minutes is all it takes, as the Charlotte Hornets proved, to beat this Magic team. The defense hasn't been right. The shooting hasn't been right. Even turnovers are up a little bit. The things the Magic do well, the things that the Magic need to do to be successful, haven't been there every single night. And that is concerning. It's the reason the Magic are 27th in the league in net rating. That is not a fluke. And at this point, a quarter of the way through the season, it is hard to say that statistics are noisy anymore. It's hard to say that there's a lot of noise, that a blowout is un, is weighing down the statistics in a major way that it wouldn't be otherwise. There is a lot of data. There's a quarter of the season's worth of data now to tell us who this team is. And I will tell you this, the team that the Magic are is not a playoff team. They're not playing at a playoff level. The last four games, I would say the Magic have gotten closer to that level. I would say the Magic, again, are trending in the right direction. But the second quarter of the season, these next 18 games, this is going to determine the season. And I'm going to explain why here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, the Super Bowl is coming up next Sunday. Not this Sunday, next Sunday. Check out Locked On Bucks and Locked On Chiefs to get you ready for that, as well as Locked On NFL if you would like to. But you want to be in the game. Not at the game, because maybe you can. Maybe you can get a ticket to Super Bowl 55, but you want to be in the game. And not only do you want to be in the game by listening to the great local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network, you want to be in the game with the only place that has you covered and the only place we trust. That is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's a Super Bowl, whether it's the NBA, whether it's college basketball or any other sport, the Premier League's going on right now. I, I, I don't think they have that. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online. They're your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bregowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. The Atlanta Magic sit at 8-10 and 10 after the first quarter of the season. Uh, they were 7-11 they were, uh, last year. They were 9-9 nine and nine in 2019, so they're right, you know, again about on peace for where they were the last two years when they made the playoffs. So again, the, again, the old golf adage still rings true. You can't win the tournament on the first first weekend or the first day of the tournament, but you can definitely lose it. Magic haven't lost it. They're right there in the thick of things. At 8-10, Orlando is 8th in the Eastern Conference, so that would put them into play in tournament, but it is a crowded field. 
After Atlanta's win over the uh, LA Clippers on Wednesday, the Magic are now two games back of first place in the Southeast Division, as well as two, two games back of sixth place in the Eastern Conference. But they're also, I think, what is it, one game away from being 12th or 11th in the Eastern Conference? It is a crowded, crowded field. There's a lot of teams that are in there, and of course, the Eastern Conference is very, very forgiving. The Toronto Raptors and Miami Heat especially are happy about that after the way they've struggled out of the gates. So, at a certain level, the Magic are right where they want to be. At a certain level, the Magic are in the thick of the race, sitting you know, kind of in the pole position, maybe not as far ahead as they would like, but right where they want to be. Yes, they didn't take advantage of a schedule that should have favored them. According to ESPN's RPI, the Orlando Magic had the 23rd toughest schedule um, this season so far. Actually, it might be even easier after the games against Charlotte. The Magic should be better. And again, injuries certainly played a role in knocking the Magic down a few pegs. As several people will point out, the Magic are likely to have one of the toughest schedules remaining in the NBA. But we also don't know what that schedule is. Because the Magic are set to have one of the easier second quarters of the season. According to our pals at Tankathon, I'm not running any lotteries. According to our pals at Tankathon, the Magic have the 24th easiest schedule remaining including, of course, two games against the Pistons, two games against the Kings, two games against the Bulls. They will still play the Jazz, the Clippers on Friday, the Celtics, the Nets, the Blazers, and the Suns. But again, outside of the the Jazz Clippers, Celtics, and Nets are really the only teams that are probably title contenders. You know, Portland stuff, Phoenix stuff. The Magic have a manageable schedule here at 8-10. and 10. They have a manageable road ahead toward March. More than that, of the Magic's 18 games, only six are on the road. Magic had a road heavier first quarter of the season. They will essentially be at home the entire second quarter of the season. In fact, the Magic will only go on one road trip until the midpoint of the season. And that is in early February, they will go out west to play Utah, Portland, Golden State, and Sacramento. So no Lakers. They get the Clippers on Friday, potentially without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard because they're in the health and safety protocols. But they get what is essentially a manageable schedule. Now, no win for the Orlando Magic should be counted. Yes, they will play the Pistons a few times. Yes, they've got the Kings. But every other team they're facing is a team that is equal to them. Essentially, Orlando is going to determine their playoff future in these 18 games in a very significant way because they know what's coming on the back end of this. After March, it's going to be tough sledding. There's no getting around it. There's no changing it. There is no avoiding it. It is inevitable. Sorry, I've been watching some Avengers. The Magic know, and the Magic knew this at the beginning of the season, that the second half of the schedule would be much more difficult than the first half of the schedule. And so the Magic are again hoping that A, 
They can build a little bit of cushion. That's why getting off to the hot start was so important. But really, the Magic needed to keep their head afloat to this road trip that they just completed, knowing that these games are the ones that they can take. Again, look at the schedule the Magic are on now. They're midway through a four-game homestand, but they do not leave Central Florida. They do not board a plane until the first week of February. Really think about that. They do not even board a plane because Sunday they play at the Toronto Raptors. They are taking a bus to Tampa the day of the game. They get to sleep in their own beds. The NBA letting them do that, it appears, according to the Magic schedule that, that they send to the, to the, to the media. The Magic, is sent, the Magic are essentially home then for the next three weeks. And even beyond that, the Magic just take one road trip. After that West Coast road trip, they have one road game. It's a pretty advantageous schedule. So if the Magic want to make the playoffs, if the Magic want to take care of their business, if the Magic want to make the most of the season, these next 18 games are the season. These 18 games are the season. Just no other way to describe it. No other way to define it. No other way to break it down. Home teams are a little bit under 500 this year. So again, being at home is not the cure-all it usually is. The Magic do allow fans into the Amway Center, but they're just 4-4 four and four at the Amway Center. So it's not, it's not like Orlando's killing it at their home, on their home floor. But at the same time, being at home does have its advantages. You're not traveling, so you lose that wear and tear on your body. You get the opportunity to get some practice in, to work in your home facility. You have free access to, well, I mean, you got to be tested every day, but you have free access to a gym that you would not have on the road. And all the accoutrements that come with being in the Amway Center, the Advent Health Practice Facility. I would agree that, yes, the home court advantage doesn't mean as much this year. The crowd isn't influencing the officials. It isn't influencing the game as much as it normally would. But I would bet, and I don't have the numbers to back this up, but I would bet that teams that have extended home stands are performing better. Are generally performing better. And the Magic have long home stands. They finish up this four-game home stand on Friday against the LA Clippers. They play the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday. We'll talk about that game coming up here in a moment. Then they play Toronto and Chicago twice before they go on that four-game West Coast road trip. Again, just a week on the road. Not even a week on the road. Then another four-game homestand of New York, Golden State, Detroit twice. Then a trip, quick trip to Brooklyn, and then they finish the second quarter of the season with three home games against tough opponents, Utah, Dallas, and Atlanta. Again, I am not sitting here saying these games are easy. There are the only games that I look at the schedule and say that for sure feels like a win is, again, no offense, Detroit. Detroit's been spunky, though. They're, they'll, they'll, they'll play hard. I mean, they're, they're, they're still in it. They're still, I mean, they're, I wouldn't say they're in it, but, you know, they're, they're, they're not giving up on the season either quite yet. This is, again, all to say, that if the Magic want to win, if the Magic want to make the playoffs, they have to accomplish a goal that they set for themselves at the beginning of the season. They have to defend the Amway Center. 
Because frankly, with the schedule the way it's going to be set up in the second quarter of the season and with how daunting and exhausting the schedule has become and the travel that comes with it, if the Magic don't have a cushion, if the Magic aren't in position in the playoffs by the end of this first half of the season, by the All-Star break, the calculus might well change. It might well be time to pull the plug and look ahead to a rebuild that resets this franchise in a more meaningful way. This is something that we knew when the schedule came out. None of this is news. But now that we've seen how this season works, now without we've seen the rhythm that it takes to get through the season, and now that we've seen this Magic team struggle a little bit on the road and struggle a little bit to find their footing, these next four weeks, four or five weeks, are going to determine the season. These next four to five weeks are going to determine what kind of team this group can be. And frankly, with the amount of home games they have, they will have every opportunity to get it done. If we sit here at the end of these eight, these next 18 games, and the Magic are 12 and 6, they'll be in good shape. If the Magic are 10 and 8 in these next 18 games, well, things might look a little dicier, but they'll be in position that they want to be in. 500 is probably going to be what's required to make the playoffs this year. I'm, I'll go ahead and say that. If the Magic struggle, if they're 8 and 10 again, they're, they're sitting there at 16 and 20 at the midpoint of the season. There's going to be trouble ahead. You got to take everything one game at a time, though. So we'll start with Wednesday's game against the Sacramento Kings. We'll talk about that game and what to expect as the Magic take on the Kings coming up here in just a moment. But first, Built Bar is back and better than ever. I just opened up a new box of Built Bar. Um, I got a sample pack. I haven't opened that one up yet. I'm still kind of working on my last order. I go through these things so quickly. I never thought I would. I am just, I'm not a protein bar person. I don't feel the need to add a, anything because I don't work out hard enough to add anything. Um, but to get me through my day, to give me a little bit of a boost in the afternoon, I turn to Built Bar to get me going. And it is such a good decision. It's better than any protein bar that I've ever tasted and ever had. And it is exactly what I need. The improved Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors. But more importantly, uh, they are all relatively low calorie, most under 150 calories. Um, they're soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate. They taste like a candy bar. They're the perfect snack for a great. For their, they're their perfect bar for a health conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, delicious treat. That's amazing. Go to builtbar.com today and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's hard to believe that it has been a year since we tragically lost Kobe Bryant. On Rejecting the Screen podcast, hosts Adam Stanko and Noel Kozlov are honoring Kobe's life and career with a two-part special this week. 
Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen and listen this week to celebrate the life of one of the NBA's all-time stars. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get podcasts today. The Atlanta Magic returned to action on Wednesday to take on the Sacramento Kings as this homestand continues. Orlando in a spot where obviously they're feeling pretty good about themselves. I mean, even, even after Sunday's loss, as disappointing as that was, Orlando was seeing the positives in how they're playing, how the offense has started to find its its rhythm. The team has uh, made uh, at least 70, or the team has now made the most three-pointers it has ever made in a three-game span, hitting 17 threes uh, in the loss to the Pacers on Friday, 17 threes in the loss to the Hornets on Sunday, and the 19 threes in the win over the Hornets on Monday. To say that this is odd is an understatement. The Magic were the worst three-point shooting team in the league, shooting less than 20%, or less than 30%, excuse me, on three-pointers for most of the season to this point. And a team that teams just frankly let fire from three. So it would make sense that eventually they'd come around and start hitting some. You know, Cole Anthony started hitting his shots. Aaron Gordon's found a nice little rhythm. The ball is moving really, really well. Um, And that's just so key to everything that the Magic do. I I wrote this after the Magic lost the Celtics. It is still... 100% 100% true. To be successful offensively, the Magic have to move the ball. They have to be a high assist team. They've been a low assist team all year, and that is one of the reasons that they've struggled as much offensively. This is not a good offensive team to begin with, but they are even worse when they don't move the ball. And we still see pockets of that throughout the course of the game. Um, so the Magic are feeling like they're in a really good place offensively. Defensively, they're playing better for longer, but there's still some issues. There's still a lot of fouling. Um, when their offense isn't working, the defense does slip considerably. Um, there are still issues that the Magic have to iron out. Fortunately, they're playing a team that they can iron out some of these issues. The Sacramento Kings are a challenging offensive team for sure. They've got De'Aaron Fox who can get downhill and get to the basket. They've got shooters in Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald who can spread the floor a little bit. Marvin Bagley is a talented scorer, although he's slowed down a little bit by a wrist injury right now. The, the Kings will get Hassan Whiteside coming back off the bench, I believe. Um, uh, to add some defensive force, but this is a team that can score a lot of points very, very quickly. If, if the Magic are not locked in defensively, if they're not able to keep the Kings out of the paint, and especially keep the Kings off the foul line, this is a team that can spread them out and hit from the outside and turn this into a track meet. Trust me, the Magic don't want to be in a track meet. But that's how the Kings play, because the Kings actually have the worst defense in the league by like a significant margin. They give up 118 points per 100 possessions. They're not giving up a ton of three-pointers, actually. It's a lot of line drives at the basket. It's a lot of drives to the hoop. So Orlando's got to find a way to get inside the paint. That's going to be so critical to everything the Magic do in this game. They're not a great team with drivers in this game. And as the New York Knicks proved when they lost to the Sacramento Kings as they continued their that long road trip for them, um, if you're not hitting shots, this Kings team can beat you. Um, you know, the Knicks did not get to 100 points in that game. Uh, the Kings have now had almost uh, had five, uh, four days to practice with their games against the Memphis Grizzlies postponed. Um, they've had time to kind of sit and, and prepare and try and fine-tune their defense. It would not surprise me if we see some new wrinkles thrown at the Magic. Um, this team will switch from zone to man pretty freely and pretty frequently. They're trying everything they can to kind of junk the game up defensively, give their offense a chance. 
Orlando has to be sharp on that end. They cannot turn the ball over. Sacramento's going to turn those into, into, into points. Um, but really, Orlando also has to do a better job, I think, in this game, getting out in transition. Um, the Magic's pace is slowed to a crawl since Markel Fultz's injury. Um, but Sacramento is not a very organized defensive team. They're going to give up transition points. If Orlando is able to get out in transition, they will find ways to score at the basket. Um, my big concern is, is the lack of strong point guard play in this one. Cole Anthony is doing a really good job scoring and is getting a lot better. But this is a game that's going to require some organization and some tempo and some consistency to get where the Magic want to go. The Orlando Magic tip off against Sacramento Kings at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center. We'll have a complete recap of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me, of course, on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Phil Crossman. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 